The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Broadcasting live from the Toscano Cigar Soundstage in Salem, New Hampshire, USA. And broadcasting around the world, this is the Cigar Authority. Transmitting since 2010, the Cigar Authority is the longest-lasting cigar podcast ever. Grab a cigar and light them up, light them up, light them up. This is the Cigar Authority. Light them up, light them up, light them up, everybody. February 20th, 2021, live from the Toscano Cigar Soundstage. You like Cuban cigars, but they are not easily available and they are illegal. What should you do to smoke instead of Cuban cigars and why? Welcome, everybody, to the Cigar Authority. Uh, did you get permission from Cigar Pulpit to ring that bell? Uh, I did not, but I rang it anyway. Um, I hope they don't mind. I hope not. Yeah, that You're was You're listening. Great. That was great, by the way. <laughs> Talk about paying homage in an angry way, but it was very good. It was good. You're listening to The Cigar Authority, now in its 11th year, making it the longest continually running cigar podcast, awarded the Ambassadors of Cigars by Cigar Journal Magazine, awarded the Top 10 Educational Podcast by Podbean four years in a row. The Cigar Authority is the most listened to cigar podcast in the world. Cigar Radio at its finest, the Cigar Authority is a proud member of the United Podcast Network, and you catch the podcast on demand at any time or our daily blog at thecigarauthority.com. All righty. Uh, Cuban fanboys, beware. Uh, we're talking uh, Cuban cigars today, um, and um, typically uh, I get myself in trouble when I do this because they get mad if I say I- anything negatively towards um towards that, but I'm going to try to stick to the facts, Jack. That's what I'm going to try to do. So, uh, no, we're not going to smoke a Cuban cigar yet, hmm. um, but we are going to smoke a cigar because we're talking about what should we smoke instead of a Cuban cigar and why. So, Barry, what's our first cigar here? Well, today's first cigar is the Bandolero Barbaros. It's part of the Series C clandestino line. It's manufactured in Costa Rica by Selected Tobacco. The size is four and a half by 60, and it features an Ecuadorian Habano over a non-disclosed binder and fillers that are also non-disclosed with a touch of Nicaraguan. A single cigar will set you back $14.99, and jars of 20 are $237.99, which comes out to $11.89 per cigar, which is $62 off or 20% off at twoguyscigars.com. If you're too far away from a brick-and-mortar retailer that carries it, try twoguyscigars.com. That's the number two, guyscigars.com. And, yes, we have a couple of jars left. Okay. So this is the, this is the very end of the packaging, the way the cigar is, and with some slight notes of change as the new packaging comes in. Um, so this comes in two different ways. Is it, is it available both ways? Uh, online, just as the jar. But if you call and... We could sell you the box over the phone, but All right. we don't have the boxes online because they're in the process of tweaking the boxes. Right, right. So, uh, you know, we thought we'd get a jump start here and get the cigar out to everybody so that they could understand it. Um, and unfortunately, uh, there was a box problem, mm-hmm. box whooping problem that ended up happening. So there was a little delay uh, when it came to it, but we still have some of the old packaging left. Uh, very few. Very few. And uh, when that's gone, it'll go into the uh, box part of it. Um, warping boxes at the beginning, and then it'll uh, that'll improve in the next week or two. So if you wanted to hold off uh, 
to get the full experience, uh, but um, sensational anyway, no matter right. what. Yeah, and you don't smoke the box. I don't. Yeah. Others might. Yeah, yeah, they may. All right, so let's give it a cut and light. I've smoked a box or two my day. I know you hit yourself <laughs> on the head with a, a box. I did. What, what do you do with the empty boxes? Throw, Throw them out. Firewood. Uh, yeah. There's a couple of boxes that are genuine cedar. And they have, uh, they are prized for their aromatic qualities. So I have certain cigars that I believe will react well over time to cedar, and they did not come in cedar boxes. So I save ah. my cedar boxes, Aladino boxes, and Bandolero boxes for extended aging. Okay, that's a good idea. If if they're authentic cedar cedar wood boxes, you know when you smell it, it's it's the real deal. Yeah. All right, let's give it a cut and light, see what it's all about. Time to cut our cigar. The official cutting brought to you by Perdomo Cigars. Perdomo, the brand, while all other brands were raising prices, Perdomo cut out the federal S-chip tax and actually lowered them. Perdomo Cigars, they stand for quality, tradition, and excellence. Excellence. So uh, a shout-out to uh, the folks from C2. That's the cigar cartel that you guys... Uh, joining us today, we expected a bigger crowd, but uh, Pino went and screwed it up by yeah. It, the guy I was work. the guy I was hoping to see. Um, but not that the rest of you fine gentlemen aren't also an attraction. He's not trying to say that. Uh, and I thought for sure the type of business that he's in that it wouldn't matter because <laughs> you can wait. They can wait because he deals with dead people, right? <laughs> I mean, they ain't going nowhere. Still freezing temperatures. Just send them to the side. That's it. It's okay. (laughs) Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's what happens. Business gets in the way of enjoyment sometimes, and that's what ends up happening. So, Awesome cherry sweetness on the foot of the cigar. So this is part of the Cigar Authority care package. So we get a 1,000 people smoking this cigar. Is this um, the care package or prime? This is the care package uh, prime, I believe. Mm. This is what cedar can do to a cigar, right? So this this is uh, lots of aging in 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 this situation with um, selected tobacco. It's different kinds of cedar, not one kind. I believe it's five kinds. Uh, it starts with a one inch cedar wood, and then over time, it's sanded and it's it's put back in there. Humidity is dropped. Humidity is raised. It breathes the cigar, and it goes through a lot of processes. So. Um, you know, pay attention uh, even before you light the cigar. A lot of sweetness. It. A lot of sweetness. I'm not picking up cherry specifically. On the foot, not on the cold draw. I'm smelling it. Hmm. Truly unique. Uh, so we're talking Cuban cigars, and what should you smoke instead of a Cuban cigar? Here's what's interesting about this cigar. It's a 60 ring gauge cigar. There has been a couple that came out, but for the most part, they haven't really gone totally into this bigger ring, ring gauge cigar thing. So I thought we would and say, here's another option. So let's give it a light. We're going to light our cigar today with the Vertigo Drone. The Vertigo Drone features single action, dual jets fueled by the patented Vertigo big-ass tank at the bottom. You have a flip-out bullet punch, all for the low price of $29.99. It's a heavy-duty lighter for $29.99, the Vertigo is. Drone. It, it feels like it's an expensive lighter and 29 dollars is not expensive as far as i'm concerned for a lighter like this a lot uh, of tobacco in this cigar oh yeah densely packed so densely packed so firm that it feels like it's not going to draw we'll see not my first uh 
time around on the cigar, though. Barry, you have been chain smoking them. I have been chain smoking the Serie A. Okay. Which has a higher priming Ecuadorian Habano wrapper on it with Peruvian and the fillers. <laughs> but uh been making a dent in my wallet with those. Uh, yeah. Can't, can't stop. Hey, can't stop. Dave Warren Brooks says this cigar is an eight on Dave's strength scale. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see. It's too early to tell because Jonathan yells at me. If It's not a 10. It didn't slap me in the face right well, off the bat. Big ring the, gauge. It's going to burn cooler. There's something about the difference between flavor and strength. So mm-hmm. as a cigar smoker, you're always looking for really three criteria. Does it match your budget? How much flavor do you get? And then sometimes you have to give up. You're going to smoke something a little stronger than you'd like because that's where the flavor comes from. Unless the blender uses a lot of middle priming tobacco, which is what he does in Bandolero. So now the aroma of the cigar inundates your senses. And this is where you're going to pick up the majority of the flavor on Bandolero. Ton of flavor. So, Barry, you said there's... um Different blends on it. You do the Serie A. Yeah, there's three different ones. Serie A, which is the Aventuros or Aventeros, and uh, it features the higher priming wrapper, the darker wrapper. Isn't that a, a bachata band? A who? Aventura? No idea. No? That was for Gil. He knew. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's the Serie C, which we're smoking now. And uh, there's also a Serie T. Uh, but the Serie C has a little bit more of a rosado hue. Hue. Yeah. There's a hue. There's a hue. Um, almost a nub like. How, how long was this again? Uh, four and, four a, half. and a half. Yeah. The ton of flavor. Doesn't feel like a 60, though. There's a lot of the 6 by 60, so it's shorter. Mm. Therefore, it doesn't feel. As yeah. Big. So I, I see, you know, you've been posting and say how much you like it. And uh, there's been a handful of people out there. Uh, that have got the cigar since it came out in the new packaging. And now you couldn't never tell before. You couldn't tell which series. There was always two series. Mm-hmm. The third one was only for Europe. Mm-hmm. Now they brought the third series in, and now they labeled them with a, with a separate band on it that says what series it is. Now you got people actually trying the different series, not necessarily shapes, the sizes, mm-hmm. but I got to try one in this series. And the argument is, which one do you like best, the A, T, or C? Um, it, ACT Act or, or TCA, the Cigar Authority. Coincidence? Huh? I, I think not. I think not. But um, a lot of people don't know about Bandolero and understand, you know, of Nelson Alfonso's stuff. He has Atabay, and that is the um, basically the god of the Taino Indians, Atabay, the Bihike, um would now give the, the, um, the prayers. prayers to um, their goddess, which is Atabe. And then you have Byron, which is the uh, three centuries old, uh, an old, old brand that started out along with um, Monte Cristo and um, started with a P, um, not Partagas. A P. Yeah, a P, yeah. It starts with a P, P-A-C. I can't think of the name, the Cuban brand. The only thing worse than Dave's spelling yeah. is Dave trying to spell a word he can't think of. Particulares. Particulares, <laughs> Monte Cristo, and Byron were the three cigars from that factory in the 1800s. Those were the three um, that existed. Um, now, Bandolero 
which I don't know you want to call the stepchild of Atabay and Byron or whatever it is, only because it's a fraction of the price of Atabay and Byron. Uh, it's a different brand altogether. It, you know, so don't look at it as you know, not the scraps left over. It's not a shot-filled cigar. It's a primo, uh, great cigar, but one of them, the Atabay and Byron at the beginning came in um, porcelain jars, uh, very ornate with a box within a box and all the different things that happened, where Bandolero came in a tin. Right. It was just confusing because the tins all looked the same. They were humidified tins. Yeah. Now it went to a regular traditional box. Also, it's uncellophane, which is... Well, there's one uh, other thing about the tins is there were three different tin counts. You had a 30 count for the 50 right. ring gauge. Mm-hmm. For the 54 ring gauge, it was 25. And then for the 60 ring gauge, it was 20. Because they were all the same So tins. you'd look at a single cigar that was much more expensive... And it, they could only fit 20 in the tin. Right. So the tin was less expensive. It was very confusing. Yeah. Now everything's 25-count boxes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's going to be much easier for them to understand. But. And also, he cleaned up the bands a little bit. Like, the gold foil on the new releases are a little bit more vibrant. The coloring for the different series brings more pop to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it looks better on the shelf. Yeah. So, uh, and let me tell you, it's been a, a long work in progress, uh, according to Nelson Alfonso saying what he did. He didn't understand the U.S. market when he came. Uh, a lot of things in the um, Cuban market came in jars and things like that. Hard to display properly in yep. cigar stores. Uh, people digging into the jars and, um, you know, damaging cigars and things like that happen. So I'm, I'm happy with this move. Um, the, the boxes are all cedar boxes, including the tops. And that's where the problem arises. When you get the get a box, if you buy a whole box, it's going to be sealed and it's going to be closed, just like every box of cigars. Once you've opened it up, now it starts mm. that the warping of the top of the box. And really, the warping happens when the cigar box itself is closed, because now you have the moisture content of the cigars inside, and the top starts to dry out, and the top shrinks, and it causes it to curl. Yeah. So um, once you get the box of cigars, you open it up. It, it has now caused that reaction to end up happening. So from what I understand is going to happen is the box lids, the top of the lid, um, is not going to be cedar. He wants it to be cedar, but he can't make it cedar mm-hmm. because it'll warp. The bottom wasn't cedar already, so he did it properly in the bottom part, and you'll notice that will not warp. But the top box warps because the very top of it is cedar also. He wants it in there. I don't know if he's going to put a sheet in there to keep that going or what, mm-hmm. but... Um, his whole thing is aging in cedar. That's it. The jaws had the cedar blocks inside of it, um, and um, he, he's going to try to keep that going. So let me tell you a little about Bandolero. Um, cigar history has a uh, followed a difficult path between crime and pleasure. So the the Bandolero is basically the bandit of the cigar industry trade. Cigars were demonetized on their arrival to Europe because cigar trade was monopolized. And I'm going back into 1717 to 1817. Um, Watch for a future uh, that history repeats itself as you hear this story. Um, And you'll hear more of this in the prediction show next week. So a little teaser to what next uh, week is. But during the century of 1717 to 1817, the Spanish crown prohibited cigar production in the Caribbean islands and the rest of Americas. So in that 100 years, 1717 to 1817, you don't see of um, a Cuban cigar brand 
existing in a factory in Cuba because it was actually against the law for them to roll cigars. The tobacco came from Cuba uh, and the other Caribbean islands, but they weren't allowed to roll the cigars anywhere but Spain. Now, that's an interesting note because people look at Cuba as the, the crown of tobacco production. But the reality was this was a cash crop to Spain. Correct. They grew tobacco where it would grow. Yep. The, the notion of, oh, this is this country tobacco, this is this that, – that happened much, much later. Early on, it was you got tobacco where you could grow it and you sold it and they made cigars out of it. Well, you sold it to Spain. Right. Uh, 100% of it, it was actually illegal to do anything else with it, but they actually monopolized the whole industry, and then they would roll cigars in Spain and then distribute it around the world. Um, as it works for Cuban cigars to this day, by the way, uh, up until the recent purchase of Altadas, cigars went to um, Altadas, Spain, and then distributed around the world. Uh, what's, going, what's happening now at this point, I don't know exactly, but this monopoly led to a rise in prices. Anytime you have a monopoly, that's what ends up happening, that one person controls it all, they can raise the prices and they can do whatever they want. Uh, you think somebody has uh, complete control over um, a whole bunch of cigars and the prices are going to go down. The opposite happens. And when the opposite happens like that, that's when it leads to illegal activity that happens. And that was the birth of the Bandolero. Who is the bandolero? He is a bandit, a secretive person who took tobacco leaves and rolled them in countries where it was prohibited to roll those cigars in. Uh, this led to better prices, and it had the authenticity of the other cigars that were forbidden in, that, in those countries. Uh, the true story of this bandolero that would, would, this would happen. Bandolero cigars know the secrets of those mystic bandolero's old roots from the places where the tobacco plantations still have a long tradition to countries where wise hands shape them until their final destination, where cigar experts recognize the aroma and flavor of the cigar and the quality of this unique product. So this was the whole idea behind um, this, is paying homage to this bandolero. And three series, as Barry mentioned, series T, Traficante. Traficante means the trafficker, basically the illegal dealer. I just assumed it was traffic cop. No. Nope. We <laughs> the series C, clandestine, clandestos, meaning clandestine, secret. And the series A, Aventuros, Adventurer, the risk taker. So that's who the Bandolero was. So these three series are to them, and within each series is four sizes, and those four sizes unfortunately don't match up within each series either, right? Correct. I don't think there's any that are the same. <laughs> Again, um, Nelson coming into this country and saying, you know, I think I, I understand uh, what to do, and then as time went on, the confusion of it. I think this is going to be actually the rebirth of Bandolero cigars that already existed, but now it's better understood uh, easy to look at. It really is. The, the displaying is everything. Yeah. You make it easy to display, right. and now you, you can generate some sales. So a lot of people uh, say, and it never came from uh, Nelson Alfonso or Selected Tobacco or anybody that came there, but because of hearing a story like that, people said, hey, they're saying these are Cuban cigars. It was never said that it was Cuban cigars from those companies. And, oh, you know, they, they make believe like they, 
they don't tell what the ingredients is for you to say, oh, it's Cuban, it's Cuban, it's a Cuban cigar. My question to you is, you're smoking it. That's the way to determine what it is. They're not telling you what it is. We play this game all the time. We smoke an unbanded cigar. We try to say what country of origin this is coming from. We don't have this information. Still to this day, we don't have it. I know Nelson for a long time. I don't have any information on this. Is there Cuban tobacco in this? According to your taste profile of what you're tasting. And and I'll go as far as to say, probably the biggest Cuban cigar smoker I know of all is Ed Sullivan. Well, Tom Criswold, as soon as I said undisclosed, he went Cuban yeah. in the chat room. So everybody thinks that. I mean, we can go back to another brand. Back in the day, Greycliff, it was undisclosed, and everybody thought it was Cuban. Mm-hmm. It's the way we are trained as cigar smokers. Right, right. Is it Cuban tobacco? We'd like to think so. At least the cigar geek. I'm not saying us here on the panel. Right. Um, if it is, my taste is maybe there's some of it in there, but this isn't a Cuban Puro no. because it doesn't taste like that. Right. It, not even close, right. really. Um, you know, I, I would say it's made in the style of Cuban cigars, not even so much the ones today, but previous to that. Yeah. In that uh, Which you were a big Cuban cigar smoker in the 90s. Yeah, I probably... Well, I know I smoked thousands, if not tens of thousands, of Cuban cigars in the 90s. But how much of that was Cuba really wasn't part of the quote-unquote cigar boom in the United States? So they just kind of continued business as usual. They probably had a superior product in the 90s to what was coming on the market in the United States. I think that's probably true. Well, it was certainly true. Um, you know, during the cigar boom time, yeah, it was actually easier to get Cuban cigars than some of the ones you wanted that yeah. were uh, New World cigars. But you know, I think uh, a lot has changed, and I don't smoke many at all anymore. Right? You when, when cigars were at their worst in the U.S. during yeah. the cigar boom. You were smoking Cuban cigars. He was a customer. So he'd come in and he'd buy some cigars because he was hanging in the lounge and stuff like right. that. But I, I know Ed Sullivan for a long period of time. I, yeah, you weren't getting a big money out of me yeah. those days like right. you are now. But, uh, <laughs> you know, the thing is, it, it, they were a completely different product from what it is today, right? So because that was genuine Corojo wrapper. Yes. And Dave will remember what happened in 2000. The Habana 2000 wrapper yes. came out, yeah, and didn't it burn. didn't burn. It tasted bad, yeah. and it just looked didn't nice, burn. but it wouldn't catch on fire. No, it's which a, is kind of an important thing yes. when it comes to you would cigars. You need combustion, right? And I lost interest right at that point because I didn't really want to smoke cigars that don't burn, right? Um, you know, in the meantime, they've gone through a lot of different hybrids. So, is it fair to say that? Cuban cigars got worse, and New World cigars, cigars from Honduras, Dominican, Nicaragua, Mexico, Costa Rica, got better. Yeah, and the big distinction is um, the blending of the non-Cuban cigars yes. got so much more interesting. You could create a complexity that you yeah. rarely find. On any Puro. Correct. So we're talking, if you're talking a Nicaraguan Puro... It's pretty one-dimensional because, it's a, yes, you can do primings and different tobaccos but, from different areas. But, but 
you got somebody like Nick Perdomo who is using all Nicaraguan tobacco, in but he's areas. sourcing it from the four distinct growing regions Correct. in Nicaragua, and he's playing with that, the flavor profiles. Jalapa adding a lot of sweetness. Yes. Ometepe adding a little bit of muddy component to it. So you can- Very creative to do that. Nicaragua is sort of unique that you almost have four different countries growing there. And, and, and if you're a, a factory that's doing it that says, I have, I'm able to get tobacco at each one. Which he some, is. Some people don't. They, they say, this is my tobacco farm. And this is the tobacco I grow, and I, I make cigars out of that tobacco farm. And that is when it gets to me, what, when, we, when we're doing reviews on it, one-dimensional. Boring. And yeah. It can be boring. And I, I think the other big distinction in the 90s was that uh, non-Cuban cigars weren't strong at all. Yeah. So even Cuban cigars, which profile more as a medium body, seem by comparison stronger. Right. I remember saying, explaining to people, and they say, strength-wise per country or something, how would you do it? And I said, well, it's not fair to say because there's Opus X at the time is a strong cigar. and um, but, but for the most part, it went Cuba, Nicaragua, Honduras, Dominican yeah, and Republic. And there wasn't that much out of Nicaragua. You know, there was Hoya de Nicaragua, yes. which always yeah. profiled strong. as strong. Yeah. But, you know, I think in the 90s, too, there was a lot more differentiation between the different Cuban brands, right? Partagas was certainly a lot stronger than Monte Cristo. Yeah. The Bolivar stuff Strongest. for that time yeah. was crazy strong. And I think... As things changed and they went to more of the hybrid wrappers, it was sort of a, a homogenization of the Cuban cigars. You know, Partagas is not that distinct anymore from some of the others from a, a strength profile. Well, you end up getting most of your flavor in that case from the size. Right. How much is that wrapper imparting the flavor on your blend? And where is your where are your primings come from? Because on a thinner ring gauge, you're going to have to use lower primings to get it to combust, period. Yeah. yeah. And I smoked hundreds of cabinets of 50 of the Partagas shorts in those right. days. And those were, at that time, strong little cigars. Yeah. The ones today, not the same. Yeah. yeah. Not even close. Yeah. They had their ups and downs and stuff and had their their uh, drawing problems and a lot of things that went along with that, uh, some of which gets improved and some things get, get worse. Uh, the crop is the crop of the tobacco. It is unique tobacco. I look forward to the day that these companies can blend with Cuban tobacco because it's another major ingredient. It has unique flavor components to it. Yep. Um, and, you know... Smoking something like this, I, you know, not not knowing myself of what's going on here, is it possible that there's some, so, something uh, happening in here? There is a floral component in the back note, but in the back end, but the the sweetness from that Peruvian is really coming through. And and here's a little trick, especially on the A series, you'd look at the foot of the cigar, and you look for that Peruvian Seiko. It is right. the darkest tobacco in there, and you would think you're looking at the highest priming tobacco right. in there. Peruvian tobacco f- tends to ferment a little on the darker side. That's where you get the sweetness from. You you can find some that have the swirls, and you've got a boost of flavor there. And cu- Cuban tobacco has a very distinct flavor. However, if there is some in this blend, by the time you've got Peruvian and Nicaragua, yeah, yeah, yeah. all it's going to be is a very background note, not necessarily very detectable. Yeah, Peruvian tobacco could be very overpowering to other tobaccos, so that takes away... Yeah. But you mentioned the floral note. To me, Cuban cigars today are all very floral. 
So I get, I get a little uh, vinegar, salt, and salt and vinegar potato chips type of thing. Are you mm. trying to take my bit? Is that what you had <laughs> from from Cuban tobacco? And some of that is the uh, under fermentation, in my estimation, yeah, yeah. for the vinegar component of yeah. that. What do you think the allure is on Cuban cigars? Can't get them. That's it. That's all it is. And it goes away when when you can. And I think part of it is the whole history of cigars and Cuba's role in the cigars. So there's a certain uh, romanticizing about the Cuban cigar. Well, look at somebody like Skip Martin that that does his limited release stuff. And his regular stuff is phenomenal. But people are not clamoring. It, it sells. People are not clamoring for that. They're not calling on the phone saying, do you have intemperance, BA, yeah. in stock? Right? They know I have it in stock. They're coming in. They're going to get a couple. They, people want what they can't have. They yeah, want yeah. that limited access product. Yeah. It goes for whiskeys. It goes for bourbons, cigars, everything. So uh, I, this is a, a major misconception because, because it changes. It's changed twice already in, in recent times, but the laws of Cuban cigars. People say, yes, you can get Cuban cigars. You can bring Cuban cigars in, right? And I said, no, that changed. On September 24th, 2020, President Trump tightened the sanctions on Cuba. No cigars, no rum, no hotel lodging uh, for Americans, period. That's it. Uh, it also banned travelers from returning to the U.S. with Cuban cigars from other countries, which was allowed for a short period of time right. at the Obama, uh, yep. at the end of the Obama administration when they had met and, and those changes ended up happening. As part of the Obama administration's policy of positive engagement with Cuba, restrictions on buying Cuban cigars were eased considerably. Under Obama's policy, Americas could bring back up to 100 cigars or four boxes, duty-free, no questions asked, from almost any country in the world as long as they were for personal use and not for commercial resale. That's why we never sold them. I could get Cuban cigars, and I've been to Cuba five different times. Take back what you want. I would have loved to put them on the shelf, but that wasn't allowed. Uh, and I have, in the, in the past, say, eight to ten years I have smoked a lot of Cuban cigars because I went there. You went there with me. Yeah. Uh, and before I even went, Ed Sullivan, you went. Yeah, I went back around 2000, a little a little before that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was very different then from when you went, yeah. even. Yeah, you yeah, had a little piece of paper in your passport and a $20 bill, and they would stamp the piece of paper and take the $20 uh, bill. That's about correct. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, yeah. And that kind of shit made me nervous. There's that, that's, that goes on in Nicaragua. But I didn't. The first time I went was there. As a matter of fact, it was so new that we could legally go right. that people wanted to look at my passport, a U.S. passport with a stamp on it. And it was a little bird. And they said, uh, oh, my God, you got this, you know, and taking pictures of right. my passport showing uh, that I actually did it. I wouldn't go beforehand. You you did, but my fear was that I was in the industry. Yeah, and now it wouldn't have been get, good for you. Yeah, I was afraid I was going to get blackballed. For you to do it, you had to go to another country and then go? I went through Mexico. Okay. So that was, I'd hear all the people talk about the ways they did it, and I know a lot of people that did, and I just was like, now I'm going to wait, I'm going to wait, and the second I was able to end up doing it, you mentioned Skip Martin, I landed, 
And who was there? Skip Martin. Yep. That's the first time. I, well, second time I met him. Uh, met him once uh, doing an interview, and uh, there he was. And spent a week with him, uh, which was very interesting because it was him looking for looking at it for the first time, also. And uh, we learned together uh, what we learned, and I, I got myself in a lot of trouble uh, learning because I have this platform and a big mouth, and I actually <laughs> said here, here what, what I what I saw. And uh, that became a, a major problem to a lot of, uh, I'll call it fanboys, because you don't want to hear the real, real deal. You want to believe. The thing that kills me is Cuba is still a communist country. So you go to show somebody a product like Hammer and Sickle. It doesn't have the star of communism on it. It just has the symbol of the uh, hammer and the sickle, the agricultural north and the industrial south. And that's the brand was Russian heritage. And they have a Russian vodka. People won't buy that because, well, that's a communist symbol. That same guy would ask to buy a Cuban cigar, not realizing by making that purchase, you are supporting communism. Yeah, that's why it's illegal. Correct. In the United States. We're not allowed to give them profit. That's why Altadas was sold. It's not the people. Imperial Tobacco, it's a publicly mm. traded company. And a, an American um, person that had stock in that company actually made money. When a Cuban cigar was sold and it was an illegal entity, uh, as it was, so it had now it's resold and it's sold to two separate people supposedly. I have a problem with that because I don't think that's two separate people either. I think it's the same thing, but things are happening in the background uh, as we speak, and I'll get into that next week on the mm. conspiracy theory of what I think's going well, on. There you go with your teasing. Teasing. Again. People teasing. have a real problem with you teasing. But uh, right now, early thoughts on Bandolero Barbaros. This is the Series C Clandesto line of it. What do you think? A lot of sweetness. Not a lot of sharp flavors. A lot of times I'll smoke something and I can say, okay, this is definitely this taste. It's this <coughs> taste. There's so much age on the tobacco and there's so much influence from the cedar that I'm really down to the basics. There's a little bit of sweetness. There is a little bit of salty, maybe some bitter in there. You were saying vinegar before, maybe a little bit of that uh, as a, an afterthought. Um, so to put it on a scale of strength, five, oh, God. I'm going to go seven. <laughs> and the reason why I go seven <laughs> is because I know the other two lines on it. Mm -hmm. I would say this is the milder of the two lines, three lines. Yeah. So if you're saying this is the mildest, what would you give the Serie A? A nine? <sighs> I'm like a five or a six. It's pure medium to me. He always has to disagree with us. You know yeah. what I'm saying? He's very disagreeable. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's a very full-bodied cigar. It's, it's not strong. It doesn't hurt me in strength and nicotine. There's thing, a lot of flavor. It's, it's loaded. It, it, it's flavor. full flavor. It's a nine plus on flavor. Okay, flavor. But not in strength. Okay. So I'm smart, you're dumb. I'm big, you're little. I'm right, you're wrong. And there's nothing you can do about it. They're, they're both big. Okay. Yeah, he, well, he's little compared to so me. Let's so let's talk I think flavor. Was, is yes. this a seven in flavor? Uh, if, yeah. If that's a nine in yeah, flavor? Yeah, I would say this is a seven in flavor. Okay. It's got a ton of flavor, yeah. <laughs> it's just not strong. So I, I mix flavor and strength together. All the yeah. time. That's, this is the number one argument we have every week. That's the beauty of that it. That you can fuse <laughs> those two terms. And it was Tommy Grella that pointed out there was a difference back on episode three that doesn't <laughs> exist on uh, any of the platforms. All right. I, I've been doing the same. I've been smoking a lot of these cigars, yeah. of, of each one. And 
uh, as much as the A is very full-bodied, full-flavored, or whatever, boy, I'm, I'm digging the A. As smaller a, sizes, yeah. but I'm digging uh, the A. And you've been smoking what, the 54 on the A? I, I had every single one uh, It's the now. 46 to me, hands down. I'm with Barry on that. Which is why we have none of those left. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Barry Between, and I, and I think we. I think we can say it's an early contender. I know it's yeah. only uh, February, but it's an early it, contender. It is great. It is great. There's no doubt about it. All right, let's take a break. And uh, when we come back, if you want to smoke a cigar that is Cuban-esque today... What is the taste, and what does that really mean? We're going to get into that. We're live in the Toscano Cigar Soundstage, and you're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. To some, tradition is a catchphrase. To us, it's a guiding light. For there can be no great future without reverence for the past. Hammer and Sickle Tradition Series cigars are handmade, employing only time-honored methods. Meticulously crafted of individually selected tobaccos, Tradition Siri is a blend of three-year-aged Dominican Viso and Lijero, all finished inside a breathtaking five-year-aged Connecticut shade wrapper. Tradition Siri from Hammer and Sickle. Live well. Romeo y Julieta Reserva Real Nicaragua. The Nicaraguan expression of America's beloved brand, Reserva Real. Reserva Real Nicaragua is a Nicaraguan puro, meticulously blended by Rafael Nodal and made by A.J. Fernandez. The Reserva Real Nicaragua will take Romeo lovers and Romeo novices alike on a journey through premium Nicaraguan tobaccos. Reserva Real Nicaragua. It'll steal your heart again. Surgeon General warning, cigars are not a safe alternative to cigarettes. It's an exquisite day here at the Jensen Estate patio overlooking the 13th green. And we're underway. Jim Jensen has chosen his favorite stick. The Diamond Crown Number 4 by J.C. Newman. See the way he holds the cigar, Tom? Mm. Excellent balance and heft. Ooh, he's eyeing the silky Connecticut Shade Wrapper. Fermented twice for the smoothest, richest flavor. And hand-rolled by the Fuente family with a blend of six to seven distinct Dominican and Caribbean basin tobacco leaves. Each lovingly aged for at least five years. Oh, now Jensen's lining up the Diamond Crown. He's got a precision burn, Tom. Mm, those highly complex flavors with hints of dark chocolate really deliver, Bill. Yes, like all cigars in J.C. Newman's premium diamond crown line. That'd be the highly rated Maximus and the Julius Caesar. Ah, now Jensen's settling in, rolling the rich smoke through his nose. Look at the satisfaction on his face, Bill. Oh, a thing of beauty, Tom. Experience the premium diamond crown brand by J.C. Newman at select retailers or diamond crown lounge near you. Find us on Facebook at J.C. Newman Cigar Co. or visit diamondcrown.com. I want to talk to you today about my friend Glenn Case from Christoph Cigars. I've known him for many years. Glenn is a very nice guy, one of the nicest guys in the industry. Always friendly, always happy. So when I heard his brand Christoph was pissed off, I was surprised. Christoph Cigars have always been known as smooth and rich, and the pissed off Christoph is just that. But there's something else happening here. A natural San Andreas wrapper, the binder, Indonesian, and the filler, Nicaraguan. And like Glenn Case, the cigar starts off sweet, but then it gets pissed off. And like Bruce Banner, you don't want to piss off Glenn Case about Kristoff cigars. Or do you? Expect some spins and a nicotine kick. Strap yourself in for a ride. Pissed off Kristoff is deceivingly strong. You've been warned. Sold in 10-count boxes, four sizes including Churchill, 6x60, Robusto, and Corona Gorda. The hottest new brand is the Pissed Off Kristoff. Take it for a ride. 
1964, Padron Cigars have had the same mission. With over 50 years spent to create a perfect cigar, and more than 100 years to create a perfect legacy, the Padron family understands the significance of time. Padron delivers only the finest handmade complex cigars with the flavor of the Cuban heritage, out of which the Padron recipe was born. The Padron mission is simple, exceptional quality of their cigars and not the quantity produced. As a vertically integrated family-owned company, personal attention to every detail is taken in all steps of the tobacco growing and cigar making process. Padron Cigars, they give you, the cigar smoker, the confidence that each cigar is the same. Perfect. Padron Cigars, handcrafted since 1964. This is Nelson Afronso from Selected Tobacco, the company who made and manufactured Atabay, Byron, and Mandolet. You are listening to the Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. And we are back with Smoking Bandolero by Nelson Alfonso in Selected Tobacco. When we're talking Cuban cigars, welcome back, everybody. Haven't taken the ash off it. It's holding good. It is, yeah. Beautiful. I got to do a uh, quick shout-out. We had a phone call from Elton this week. Elton John? Nope. I didn't get his last name, uh, but he had heard you talk about your tinnitus. Yeah. And how the Apple AirPods literally cure you when you put them in. Immediately. And he knows somebody that has tinnitus and wanted to know what they were. So it's the Apple AirPods. You put them on noise cancellation mode, which you got to have both of them in. Yeah. And the tinnitus goes away. Yeah. Very quickly because it takes away the background noise. You can still hear. Yeah. But the noise. Well, he can still hear as well as he normally hears, which is not well. Are there different variations on those? Isn't there like, are there a pro version or it's all the same now? I think at this point, as long as it has noise cancellation on it, you you're okay. You need the noise cancellation. You need the noise cancellation. Yeah, I think I just got the regular ones, but yeah. I, I tried Jonathan's. I tried. There's some times other guys. he's sitting in his office, he's like, it's so bad. And I just pull him out and go, put him in, buddy. <laughs> and that just goes away literally three seconds later. It, it, it goes down. So uh, in noisy situations, that's it. So if you ever see me in a noisy situation and it looks like i got AirPods on, I'm not, probably not on the phone, uh, just making it so it's not, um, where the noise becomes louder than the person talking. That's what tinnitus is. So it's terrible, but you got to live with it. What are you going to do? Uh, all right, we're smoking Bandolero Barbaros. This is the 60 ring gauge. Uh, normally I go more into a 50 style type of thing. But um, we are weeding out all the ones that are in the jars left. Yep. And the only size left in the jar is Barbarossa. What do you got? Left? No, there was uh, two left. So uh, there is the Barbarossa left and some Soberbios left and Traviosos left. Okay. And Tremendos left. <laughs> and Vandiosos left. Really? Okay. That's all of them. All right. So. Um, but it's like two of this, one of that. Okay, so they'll, they'll be gone quickly, but if, if it turns out that you want it with the secondary band in the cedar box or whatever, it's the way to go. Um, unfortunately, if you click the button on twoguyscigars.com, you're going to get the jar unless... Right, and the singles are shown on the other, but if you're, if you're interested in a box and you can deal with the, the warping issue, you're going to keep them in a hum- humidor or something. Yeah. Uh, just call us at one 224 4272 Sunday through Friday. Okay, 
and they'll uh, make sure you get the box one instead of... Actually, uh, Jessica is there today, too, so seven days a week. Seven days a week, okay. <laughs> All right. So, um, smoking Bandolero right now, this particular size of this cigar, would you say this is Cuban-esque? It's, uh, if you had something that was well-aged, perhaps... Why? Cuban cigars are not well-aged. They roll them, they box them, and they ship them. The guy at the factory on the tour I went, I don't know about yours, but he was very proud to say that they could have the cigars rolled from that growing cycle. So they would plant the seed. Let's just use January as the thing. Yeah. By December, those cigars are out. And we know from our trip to Nick Perdomo that that tobacco doesn't see light of day for three years. Right. Very slow and low Mm -hmm. fermentation. You can't do it in 11 months. Yeah. So I don't think the word Cuban-esque is looked upon when, when somebody is saying that word because there's no encyclopedia of that word. It's a made-up word. Mm-hmm. Um, but what do people think of? Typically, I think it becomes packaging of mm-hmm. how the cigar is packaged, the, the bands, the boxes, and it has a certain look to it because I've walked a trade show with Nelson Alfonso before, and as he's walking around, he said, see that? That's me. See this one? That's me. And this is what we For people call- that are new to the show, he, he is responsible for all of the packaging for all of Habano's products for, since, since 1996. Yeah. So it's been a long, long time. So he looks at this stuff, and he does the design work for it. And then all of a sudden, he sees his design work in other people's products. And he's, you know, because he's an artist and a designer, he sees his work being copied. Right, because some people say Atabay stole that from- the Cohiba, right? Cohiba Bahike. <laughs> but right. he's the one that did Cohiba Bahike. <laughs> so, so he stole it from himself. Yeah, he's allowed to steal from himself because that's his style, right? So when he was going to elegance, that's his elegant style mm-hmm. of Cohiba uh, to an elegant, you know, Cohiba, he didn't do the original Cohiba no. um, from the 70s. Right. Um, but when he tra- takes over in the, in the 90s, now he takes it to another level, and you see that all of a sudden the Indian shows up and all this stuff, and this is him doing that. And then when they made Bahike, he had that look of it, and at the same time he was doing Bahike, he was doing Atabe. Yeah. So he, he puts Atabe together, and here it is. So to a lot of people, those, these brands look like they're brand-new brands. Uh, when Bandolero, we have Series A, which is completely new, no doubt about it. But the other ones in Atabay and Byron have been around now seven years. It's not a new brand, but it's new to a lot of people because they know, never knew it existed. Small productions, not a big footprint out there. But um, people on the Cigar Authority, uh, I know you know what it is because I've been talking about it. I was, I was blown away with all his products the first time I ever had it. But back to Cubanesque. Uh, manufacturers have been using the term Cubanesque for years, trying to enhance people to pick up their brand while at the same time telling people that cigars in Cuba that Cuba produces are not great. So it's always been a, you know, a crazy thing that I'd hear manufacturers say, yeah, Cuban cigars aren't even that great. Hey, try my product. It's very Cuban-esque. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't, I don't get it. Um, counterintuitive or, or, or what? Uh, it doesn't make sense, but it keeps happening. Uh, a trade show doesn't go by that somebody doesn't show me their cigar and tell me it's Cuban-esque. Um, the two things that happen is they tell me it's like a Cuban or they tell me it's like Padron. Right. And usually <laughs> neither of both end up uh, happening. So what is Cuban-esque? Um, when it comes to flavor, I would say tangy 
salty and vinegarish, which I said before, mm-hmm. which, which to me, if I'm smoking a cigar and it has those components, I go, well, it's Cubanesque if I use the term of it. Um, uh, more woody, I say no. No, um, there there can be a lot of floral notes. Yeah, floral. Like I agree with the floral. Yeah, it's less peppery than oh, say yeah, a Nicaraguan not, would be. It'd be no let, pepper really. Yep. And in today's world, it would be less in strength, not more in strength. We were there. We yeah. were there in the nineties and say it, it, it's more full bodied, but that has completely changed over. Um, it used to be more flavor. Today, if if I smoke a cigar that, that has you know, let's take Aganosa Leaf, for instance. Mm. Not known for its really full-bodied cigars. Elysion, not known. Cubanesque, maybe a little. Did you say yeah. there's a little yeah. Cubanesque to Aganosa Leaf? Uh, because it is not uh, the full-bodied. Uh, whose other brands would you say are Cubanesque? Well, on the same topic mm. of Leaf, you go Leaf by Oscar. And all of his stuff, all, even his Maduro, it's all on that milder spectrum. A lot of flavor, not a lot of pepper. Yeah. Not fairly pepper, smooth. Right? Uh, I have on my list Aladino in the Corona size. That's a traditional Cuban size, mm-hmm. and it delivers in the flavor, not all that peppery. Uh, 2283. Now, th- both of those brands use Corojo tobacco, which Ed, Ed is going to say comes that's what from, it used to be. Well, yeah, and that's what I think of for Cuban esque. So the old Camachos. Yeah, what Cuban esque back in the day. I agree with Jonathan 100 percent. Wow, on the Aladino, and okay. in particular, your Aladino gives you that Cuban flavor. It's a stronger cigar right. than what they were making. Yeah, back I think in the the, the Corojo Reserve is more lo- along the lines of for today's standards the Cuban cigars of the '90s. That's right. why I went with the regular Aladino Corona yep. on this one. So today's Cuban tobacco is it more like Nicaraguan, Honduran, Dominican, Mexican, USA? It's its own thing. Yeah, it's its yeah, own it's thing. Own it doesn't fit flavor. anywhere. It doesn't fit anywhere. No, and not spending the time to develop it properly. Like you said, January to December out the door. Yeah, yeah. Um, so really a marketing term, mm-hmm. right? No, Nobody ends up saying it's Cubanesque because of its strength. No, it's, because it's when you asked if this was Cubanesque, yeah. I would say absolutely not. It's mm-hmm. got too much complexity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, going back though, you mentioned you know the style of Nelson. You can look at the Atabay and say that's Cubanesque just looking at it, but it smoke, but it doesn't smoke. Yes, right. Yes. Um, so more romance. That terminology is used to romance more than anything else. The question is: Is it exclusive to the U.S. market? That term in Europe? Are they saying, "Oh, I'm I'm smoking a uh, whatever brand." That's not a Cuban, but it's Cubanesque. No, they're just talking New World cigars. I got yeah. I got a few emails, and I, I don't think any of them made it into the uh, list. I got a lot of emails this week, but a few emails knowing that we were going to talk about Cuban cigars. A couple of the guys told me about their travels for work, where they would be all over Europe, yeah. and they'd go looking for Nicaraguan cigars, not looking for Cuban cigars, because mm-hmm. Cuban cigars were everywhere. Yeah. And, there's, and New World cigars or Free World cigars, whatever you want to call it, I'm becoming more prevalent in Europe. In Europe, right. But I hear now better than 50% in most countries uh, where it was, it would be hard to find something, actually, 
And um, then it would slow them out, maybe 10% mm -hmm. to something. And then next thing you know, you're starting to see this, these things. I think they were gearing up for FDA, first off. Yep. Um, that the manufacturer was saying, okay, if we're going to have problems in the U.S., let's start gearing up for you, Europe. You anyway. saw that with Inter Tobac, which is the trade show that yes, happens in right. Europe, much like IPCPR here. More and more free world companies were taking part in Inter Tobac that never did before. People... Regular people didn't even never heard the word before that right. into the back even happened, and, and in the past ten years or so, yeah. everybody talking about yeah, are you gonna go? Wow, for for, for the past twenty five years before that, nobody even mentioned <laughs> it, and uh, then it became something. Um, Lancero, would you say Lancero is Cubanesque? Cubanesque size, Corona, Cubanesque size. I mean, no, size-wise. Yeah, the Lancero's not an incredibly old size, really. The Cohiba was the first one. Correct. So it's not a really old, classic Cuban yep. size. So uh, that's Cuban-esque. And uh, let's take a peek into the asylum from our friends at Asylum Cigars. It's time for news from the insane asylum. Odd and sometimes historic news stories that are too insane to be true. Or are they? Brought to you by Asylum Cigars. Take no prisoners. Asylum Cigars are truly flavorful, medium-bodied Nicaraguan cigars with sizes ranging from 4 inches by 44 to the absolutely insane 8 inch by 80. Asylum Cigars. <laughs> In Florida, Stephen Gutierrez was defending a client who was accused of arson. In the defense of his client, he argued it was possible that the fire was caused by spontaneous combustion. During his argument, his pants caught on fire, causing him to run from the courtroom. And when asked about the incident, he said it was caused by a faulty battery in his electronic lighter. However, upon investigations, it was determined that it was a stunt and his license to practice law revoked. Basically making this a case of liar, liar, pants on fire. <laughs> and that's not only insane, it's asylum. You know where I thought you were going with that? Oh, was the, not the insurance the scam. The insurance <laughs> scam one. It's not a true story. No. I have saw um, professors on stage oh, yeah. telling the story to a law a law professor telling the story. As if it were true. Yeah. yeah. Fake, true. fake news, right? Fake news. Fake news. Uh, upcoming shows next week. Looking forward to it myself. It's the prediction show. I don't know if people like it, but uh, I like it. You like it. Uh, we predict it. <laughs> we predict the future of what's going to happen in the cigar world, uh, the cigar companies and manufacturers. Uh, just really geeking out. It's our time to geek out uh, once a year. And the following week, uh, we look forward to uh, a No Barry episode. Whoa. <clears throat> what are we going to do to celebrate? Yeah, we're going to um, drink. <laughs> yeah, we're going to figure out what, what to pair with, um, with, with cigars. And uh, we're going to drop a bomb on you during that Ooh. episode, too. And care packages went out? Uh, they're going to go out on the 28th. All right. We're going to smoke a cigar in the care package. Uh, on It'll be the first week of uh, March. So mm -hmm. uh, we'll smoke a cigar from the care package, and you're all going to get uh, blown away with it when you see that. So uh, that's upcoming things. March 27th, by the way, is the uh, Cigar Authority's 11th anniversary. Mm. And um, last year's 10th anniversary, we had such big plans. 
and COVID kicked in, and we weren't even allowed to have people in here. Right. Uh, so that went the wayside. I don't have big plans this year, but we have our 11th anniversary. We, we missed it. Too. And those in the care package, you're going to want to make sure you actually look at the postcard because there'll be something on the postcard right. to celebrate the 11th yeah, anniversary. Yeah, a little, little gift Is for it you me there. and my underwear or some shit? No, you're not on this one. All right. It's not all about you, you know. Yeah. A lot of times when he starts alluding to the card and the care package, I'm on it. Yeah, so if those that aren't in the care package, why aren't you in the care package? But inside is a little card each time showing the cigars uh, that are there. And um, sometimes maybe a little deal on there, but you flip it over and there's a little gift. <laughs> if you want to call that. And um, yeah, we got to get some, some uh, more things to Barry so he has some things to play with. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll I get think, the nipple I clamps. I, saw, I think I saw something on Ed Sullivan coming. Coming, yes. Uh, yeah, that was pretty good. I, I saw that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Barry works some magic. Do you have to? Do you have to get Ed Sullivan's permission to put his likeness on? Because I don't remember signing anything saying you could put that one with me in the hat. I asked him for a specific picture, so he knew it was coming. Yeah. Is that coming for this one? Because yes. Yeah. Oh, all right. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. It, it makes sense, right? It definitely. Yeah. Okay. I get it. Is he angry? No. no. That would be you. No, he's the angry one. No, you're the angry one. I'm not the angry one. <laughs> See, you're getting angry right now. Yeah. I'm not the longest ash guy that hang on to the ash. No, but it's... But you're going to make I a mess. T- I haven't taken the ash off yet on the cigar. Uh, I'm halfway done uh, in an hour. Not mm. bad. 60 ring gauge. It burns slow. Yeah. Um, although you guys are powering, powering through it. Um, but what do you think? Final thoughts on here? That's I'm, I'm going to smoke it during the whole break because I love it. Yeah. Yeah, you got you just got a lot of flavor. It's very well aged tobacco. You got a, a really sweet burn line. It's holding the ash. The draw is exceptional. You know what I recommend? The thinner sizes. Yeah, I was gonna. I say. I recommend you clean up your ash before you burn it. Oh, it fell. It fell. I was gonna say I I wouldn't buy it just because it's a sixty. But if you want to give me some, I'll take them. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, this is a sixty. I didn't mind. Yeah. The uh, the bigger one the is it the Pretensioso? I believe you that were That one tastes just like the Audaces, which is my favorite size. Pretentioso so, is pretentious, maybe? Maybe. But it's that the six and a half by 60. 60. And it, it captures the flavor of the little 54. Unbelievable. You just smoke it longer. Different line. It's a different line. Siri, yeah. The Siri T. Okay. Travacante. Trafficka. Traffic cops. I'm, I'm, I'm getting these. This is like when I did El Wednesday and I got it. I'm starting to catch on to these these words, and I'm, I'm liking it. Eventually, he's going to get rid of the words, and then you're going to be like, I learned them for nothing. Right, right. <laughs> and all the cooks sudden call it the wise man and ruin my day. <laughs> ruin my day. All right, let's take a break. And when we come back, we're going to light up a real Cuban cigar. Actually, one that people say is the best one. Uh, we'll be the judge of that. And uh, we'll get ourselves in some trouble at the same time with the Cuban fanboys. Probably. We'll see if, uh, how this plays out. We're live in the Toscano Cigar Soundstage, and you're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. Are you a member of the Cigar Authority Care Package? Well, if not, the time, my friend, is now. For just $24.99, you'll get four premium cigars delivered to your door each month. And we'll smoke each one of those cigars on the Cigar Authority podcast with you. I don't know if that's really a benefit. Sure it is. 
We will judge the construction, flavors, and review the cigars, and you can see how right or wrong we really are. You might be surprised. Four premium cigars delivered to you for $24.99, and you can quit any time, but you won't. The value is incredible. Want to take the Cigar Authority Care Package to the next level? Sign up or upgrade to the Cigar Authority Care Package Prime. For just $5 more, you get an extra cigar and usually something special. That's five cigars each month, all different. Find the Cigar Authority Care Package on thecigarauthority.com and sign up today. The Cigar Authority Care Package. Aging Room 4 Nicaragua Maestro. Named Cigar Aficionado's number one cigar of the year with a 96 rating, is a complex Nicaraguan puro carefully blended by Rafael Nodal and made by A.J. Fernandez. As Cigar Aficionado described it, every puff is an overture of flavors that's at times heavy and rich with notes of dark chocolate and wood, and other times subtle and understated with hints of fine caramel and toasted almonds. Treat yourself to an aging Room 4 Nicaragua today. Surgeon General warning, tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. You've heard us talking before about the best cigar magazine in the world, Cigar Journal. You want to know what makes Cigar Journal the best cigar magazine? Cigar Journal covers every angle of the cigar world. From exclusive stories and features, insightful interviews with industry power players, detailed cigar reviews, and of course, all the latest news and reports surrounding premium cigars. We're telling you, you will be impressed. Cigar Journal has stunning images, explanations of cigar science basics. This is the magazine for any cigar enthusiast. Or better yet, Passionado. Cigar Journal covers cigars in the U.S. and around the world and is printed right here in the USA. You owe it to yourself to discover the world's best cigar magazine, Cigar Journal. Available at your local cigar retailer and on the web at their new website, CigarJournal.com. That's CigarJournal.com. Let me tell you a little bit about the Rocky Patel 15th Anniversary Cigar, or what they call the Three-Peat. Crafted in Rocky's boutique Nicaraguan factory, the 15th Anniversary was released in 2010 to commemorate Rocky Patel's 15th year in the cigar industry, and it impressed right out of the gate. The Robusto and the Torpedo both scored 93 points in Cigar Aficionado, while the Toro and Corona Gorda both notched 92 points. The Rocky Patel 15th Anniversary is a robust cigar with notes of toasted spice, roasted coffee, and almonds. Rocky Patel himself has referred to his 15th anniversary as the decade on steroids. The 15th Anniversary has also been named to Cigar Aficionado's Top 25 Cigars of the Year list on three separate occasions. Rocky's only brand to accomplish the three-peat. Rocky Patel's 15th anniversary, Rocky Patel's 15th anniversary, Rocky Patel's 15th anniversary. Justo and his father Julio Eiroa are continuing the tradition of growing authentic Corojo and now bring you Aladino. Aladino is a true old-fashioned cigar, pure authentic Corojo grown in the Eiroa tobacco farms in Honduras from the original Cuban seed of Corojo. 
and a Ladino cigar represents the golden era of cigars in Cuba. And after one light, this old school smoke will bring you back. Aladino cigars come from JRE Tobacco, a family center company who manage all aspects of cigar growing and manufacturing. This crop to shop operation is fully committed to providing you with quality and satisfaction. The premier Corojo grower in the entire cigar industry is Julio Eiroa, a tobacco grower and master cigar blender who personally guarantees that Aladino will provide you the opportunity to enjoy the true authentic Corojo taste. Take this journey and be part of history in a cigar smoking experience like no other. Aladino. This is Nicholas Melillo, a.k.a. Nicaragua, from Foundation Cigar Company. You're listening to the Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. And we are back, and we're talking today about what should we be smoking instead of Cuban cigars. And to do that properly, we need to smoke one. So welcome back, everybody. We're going to dig in and dig into a real Cuban cigar. A lot of fakes out there, but these are real. I hear less about fakes nowadays. Yeah, if you're, you know, if you're on social media, you see people getting beat up all the time about fakes. They're still out there. Yeah. And I think that's what kills the Cuban things, because 90% of the people out there aren't smoking the real thing. Yeah, yeah. Now, Dave, how do you know these are real? Did you get them in Cuba? Yeah. <laughs> I got them in Cuba. On the beach in a glass top box? No, I got them in the Podgas factory uh-huh. in Cuba. 10 years ago, 8 years ago, whatever it was, uh, kept perfect climate control. They looked, the, the foots look a little beat up on, on mine. I tried to give you guys better ones than I have. Uh, but uh, You gave me the worst one. I did. Uh, I'm at the kids' table. Yeah, it's off camera. So. Yeah. Uh, if you're curious, today's cigar measures 5 and 7 eighths by 52. It is a Cuban Puro. Uh, we'll discuss the price a little bit later on. Uh, but if you're paying 20 bucks for these, you're not smoking a real thing. Right. Good. So this is the Cohiba Siglo 6. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the information I have here on the Siglo 6 is um, filler wrapper bind, all Cuban, right? All Puro. Mm-hmm. Uh, launched in 2002 to commemorate 10 years of Cohiba. So it was launched in 2002. I probably bought it in, I think it was over. Five? No, oh, probably no, no. 15, 2015. 15, I'm sorry, yeah, yeah. 2015. Was it five? So, six years. Yeah. So That's a good amount of time. You know, I found with most of, at least the older Cubans, you know, they'd improve almost up to seven years all right. of age and then start to fade a little bit. All right, let's give it a cut and light and see what it's all about. It's time to cut our cigar, the official cutting, brought to you by Perdomo Cigars. Perdomo is the brand, while all other brands were raising prices, Perdomo cut out the federal S-chip tax and actually lowered them. Perdomo Cigars, they stand for quality, tradition, and excellence. Excellent. So the cold drawer is Cuban-esque because it tastes like ivory soap. <laughs> soap? Yeah, to me, and to me, that's synonymous with a Cuban cigar. Little Maybe a little. I don't have any vinegar that I that no. I had said I was going to taste. Well, it's an old one. Mm. Takes me back to the time where I might have said "fuck" one too many times and sucked on a bar of soap for there a little bit. It was the, in the old days. You can't do that anymore. We're going to light our cigar today with the Vertigo Drone. The Vertigo Drone features single action, 
Dual jets fueled by the patented Vertigo big-ass tank. And at the bottom, you've got a flip-out bullet punch, an easy adjustment, all for the low price of $29.99. That's the Vertigo drone. Now, Jonathan, do those fly? Yeah. Yeah, you have to throw them, though. Yeah, right? if these two chuckleheads don't stop yelling at each other in the front row, we're going to see how well it flies. Wasn't the thing about a drone was you couldn't see a drone? It was invisible? No? No. What am I thinking of? The stealth bomber? Stealth? Yeah. Stealth? <laughs> Somebody Bigger. that doesn't sound like drone at all? Stealth, drone. Well, they make a stealth as well as a drone, they don't do. they? Yeah. There you go. They make them all. Okay, so uh, Jim Price says Irish Spring is the YouTube, what you're picking up, Jonathan. The YouTube yeah. chat room's complaining that there's too much noise in the background. All right, what are we gonna do? There's a lot of people. <laughs> Just here. tell everybody shut up. That's all right. Um, okay, uh, as I say, launched in 2002 to commemorate the 10-year anniversary of the Cohiba Sigo Six Series. Um, it was the first bigger ring gauge Cuban cigar ever made. 2002. First introduced into the United Kingdom, and then went everywhere from there. They claim that the Siglo 6 is rich in complex flavors and considered today as one of Cuba's finest cigars. Actually, the best of modern-day Cuban cigars. This is according to the Habanos website. The cigar delivers creamy notes of leather, cocoa, and spice. That's what they say. We'll be the judge of that. Sounds like propaganda. The large size of the cigar allows you to to savor the aromas of the initial phase in a warm and gentle smoke. The power appears in the secondary phase before building to a strong climax into the finish. Dubbed as the Canerzo, the cannon shot in the Cuban factories, finally having a large ring-gauge cigar, shooting the cannon at the Americas at that point, saying, okay, we have a a big ring-gauge cigar. Then again, reminding you, this is a 52 ring-gauge, not looked upon as big, big right now, um, strong, intense flavor, loaded with notes of leather and coffee. It's a full-bodied smoke, not, not to be meant for the inexperienced smoker. Cuba tries to replicate its success the following year when introducing the Monte Cristo El Mundo, a bit shorter and slightly fatter than the Siglo 6, but failed to live up to the high standards set by Cohiba. Let's us see for ourselves what we think of the cigar. It's very, very early on, but anything that I that I said makes sense? No. Not the leather, unless you scrub the leather with the Irish Spring, as Jim pointed yeah, out. And I'm not close to climax. No. At the very, no I, oh, yeah. that's the very end? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I am close to climax, but not over this. No, it, it, to me, it's very sour. I don't know about sour. I got floral notes. Yeah. Very floral. Just, just as I did tasting it before even lighting it. There's some strength to it. Not much. There's some flavor to it. You wouldn't know if there was strength yet because you've taken six puffs. And mm. I think the strength is misleading because I don't think it's especially balanced. Now, some things you're going to notice on a real Cuban cigar is going to be the ash. You're going to notice that the ash is kind of blackish. Yep. Very uh, dark, dark gray. Low magnesium in the soil. It's a soil content. It doesn't, a light ash doesn't make a better cigar than a dark ash because I've had great dark ash cigars and light. It's just the magnesium content that ends up doing it. When I do flick the ash, and, and we were feeling our ash from the Bandolero, mm-hmm. a little grainy, gritty ash instead of um, just like powder, it's, it's gritty. 
And the same thing. It's got thing a texture should, to it. Same thing should happen with this, that you feel the ash of it. Why does that happen? I don't know the reason behind it, but I, I look at everything, you know, and I've learned over the years, uh, real Cuban cigars, gritty, ash, the fake stuff. But listen, they're improving fake stuff all the time. Uh, they can replicate bands. They can do uh, unbelievable things. When you're getting 30 plus dollars for the cigar, which is what Siglo Six is, right? Yep, thirty nine fifty. Wow! So forty dollar cigar, forty dollar cigar. Awful rough looking for a forty dollar cigar. And yeah, you point out the low magnesium content, but if you look like a brand like Padrone, if you look on the wrap, there's those little bumps on yeah, it, yeah. kind of like braille. Yeah, that's from high magnesium content. Go. So in Nicaragua, it's totally the reverse. It, you know, you can drop a seed, Nick. Perdomo tells us you drop a seed in the ground, eat a watermelon while you're walking through it. Next thing you know, a watermelon plant is growing. Mm. The soil is unbelievable. It's so rich, uh, especially in the volcanic area. The lemons grow like cantaloupes. Right, right. They're massive. Yeah. So, uh, okay. Email. What do you got while we're smoking the cigar and enjoying it? All right. It is time for the best email of the week brought to you by Trinidad Cigars. And this week's prize is going to be the uh, deflated soccer ball, which, which <laughs> should reinflate rather easily. The wireless speaker, the flag, and the billfold, a value of about $100. And uh, Mark is our first submission. Wait, where did you get a billfold from? It's a hat, it's a speaker, it's a flag, and it's a I'm soccer sorry, ball. I had my stuff. The, fl- the hat. My bad. I mean, you could put money in the hat if you want. You could. I do that all the time. Pass the hat. Yeah, pass it around to church. Yeah. The subject is bloggers, vloggers, and Barry. And this was submitted through the Contact <laughs> yeah. Us page of thecigarauthority.com. Mr. J, the after show was a long-needed discourse on cigar media. I listen to and watch a great deal of cigar media far too much. If you listen to my girlfriend of 53 years. Now, this is a man who knows girlfriend how to do it. 53 girlfriend years. for 53 years. Yeah, no marriage. He wins the award. There's no girlfriend. splitting things 50-50. If you break up, you just break up. She Unless he up. lives in a common law state, then he's married. Nah, you move out like so, once so, every six years. So he's got to be 70 anyway, right? He's got to be 70. Mm-hmm. And look at him hanging on all this time. He it. is my hero. <laughs> I put the media into a couple of different silos. The Cigar Authority is information and entertainment. It's a vehicle for two guys. No attempt is made to disguise that fact that you are in the business of selling cigars. And Barry's reviews are of the first do no harm variety with a rating system that reflects a general sense that all cigars are pretty good, but some are special. One competitor offers a unique scoring system that includes cost into the equation, and after a few years, I actually understand it. Another competitor acts as more of a cigar journalist, reporting news and offering reviews, including tweaking his scoring as he saw his scores escalating, his yearly show predicting who will and won't make the Cigar Aficionado Top 25 list is always a good listen. Another review show you mentioned doesn't give a cigar rating. He merely says what he's experiencing. They're all what's, good. What's all the good. point? Unless you're a cigar lifer, it takes all of these to get a cigar smoker from first grade to cigar college. A new smoker needs the Cigar Authority, a literal smoke shop on the air to understand how and why smoking can be enjoyable. That same person can graduate to other review shows and print to see if their palate is similar to the reviewer and begin to trust what the reviewer has to say. For me, 
It's been a learning process for a couple of decades, having real live folks smoke along with me, discussing the flavors, joking at some of certain chap, and gets his two hours gladly spent continuing that learning process. My friends think I'm a cigar geek despite the fact I look like Shrek. I don't know why he put that there. I prefer to think of myself as enjoying something so much I want to hear what others have to say. Thanks for bringing the topic forward for discussion. Yes, Barry is a high grader, but I have 1.5 humidors full of Atabay and Byron to show for his efforts. There we go. Signed, Mark. There we go. All right, so that's on the little on the after show. Uh, I know I'm getting hit out there in the after show. I will respond to them directly of... People hit me, hit me up negatively on that. Uh, but uh, why can't people just take it in stride like Cigar Pulpit did? They bought a cowbell, they yeah. played along. <laughs> yeah. I laughed out loud for uh, the, the opening five minutes me was too. a riot. Those guys are great. All right. So, what cigar uh, that we have in the U.S. that tastes like the cigar we're smoking now? We don't have one that tastes like a Cuban cigar. No, tastes this, like this tastes like Cuban tobacco. Well, so Jonathan, you're on the floor all the time. Barry, you're taking calls for people uh, looking for cigars. Mm-hmm. A guy calls you up and says, you know, I just smoked a well-aged Siglo 6. I loved it. I know you don't have them. Mm-hmm. What can you sell me? I'm pointing them in the direction of the that Byron Torpedo that came in with a slightly darker wrapper. Really? Yeah, no. Like, because now, it, now that I lost the sourness, it's reminding me of Davidoff and Avo. It has that barnyard taste to it. Yeah, you do get a lot of barnyard, but you don't get the kind of mustiness that comes with it. Davidoff. So I'm, I'm recommending it for a different reason than what you're thinking. For me, it's not about the flavor. He likes the cigar. He bought Siglo Sixes. This is somebody that has the means and may want to experience something that is better, and I believe that the Byron Torpedo is better. Do you think some cigar shops, somebody says, oh, I had the Siglo 6, it was really good, I know you don't have it, what would you recommend? And they would recommend them a Dominican Cohiba? No, it's not a it's, bad it, recommendation. It, it's, I mean, it, it's just on the name at that point. Yeah. We've smoked them side by side. Yeah. There's not a huge difference between those two cigars. Yeah, actually, you'll save money buying the Dominican version of it. But first thing I would ask the person is how much they spent on the cigar. Based on his answer, I'm not going to tell him whether or not it was fake. There was no way you got it at that price. But knowing that he, you know, he got it in a glass top box while on vacation yeah, yeah. in Mexico. Yeah. Well, you, then you, you got to sell him a Tiamo. Right, and now you got a guy that not, doesn't necessarily want to spend $40 on a cigar. Well, that would be interesting. You walk him over to a $40 cigar, and he goes, I'm not spending $40. What would you spend on that? And, oh, $3. Oh, all right. Let me show you Dos Ombre. Yeah. <laughs> Bless you. Um, see the soot line on the cigar also? Very, very thick soot line. Mm-hmm. Not very well-aged wrapper. Yeah. Although the cigar is old, but... Yeah, but, but not when they... That wrapper was yeah. not fermented for very long. And if we took this apart, you'd see that same soot line on every tobacco that's in here. I don't not like it. No? It, I'd be disappointed if I paid $40 for it. I'm glad you bought it. Yeah. I, I want... More happening with the cigar than straightforward, but I'm waiting for the climax at the end. Right, they, they, they're promising this climax that happens at the end. So uh, early on, 
it's it's been the same since I lit it, since I drew on it cold. Right. That taste is still there. Tastes so like it it'll, tasted. It'll be like uh, when Harry met Sally on the Cigar Authority. <laughs> At the end, I don't know what that cigar. means. You're gonna ha- you're gonna experience the big O. Oh, all right. out loud. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. I remember that. I'll have what she's having. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, let's get to the matchup of the week. It's time for the matchup of the week, and it's brought to you by VS. VS means versus, but it stands for Victor Sinclair Cigars. Uh, will you be in shape? Uh, you be in shape, but have an ugly face. Versus, be gorgeous face, but be overweight. Not your partner. You. What would you rather be? I think personality goes a long way. There's no personality. It's you don't have that. You're in shape. You didn't say on there that there was nothing about personality. So I'm I'm telling you, I have a good personality. (laughs) I don't have that great of a face. I mean, I'm in decent shape. Your personality ain't so fucking great either. I do okay. (laughs) (laughs) The cartel laughed a little loud at that. (laughs) Would you say your body is better than your face? I think so. Okay. So, what would you rather have? Would you? Rather I like have? the way I look. I'm okay with having an ugly face and this body. Yeah, that you don't have an ugly. You face. still got to answer the question. Yeah, though. I have answered the question now three times. Right. I'm going with option A, which is what ugly face, good body. Mm-hmm. Barry, right now I got the great face and the fat body, <laughs> and I'm looking to change. Yeah, so I'd rather be thin. <laughs> All right, he's trying to change. Yeah, you got to go for the good body. You're likely to live longer. Uh, now I need you to gotta live that all that time weight. with an ugly face, though. It's fine. Now, now let's take that to a significant other. What would you rather have? Wow! Don't get me. She's not. Don't get my me wife is listening. I'm oh, she shut is. Out. She's and that's the end of that, guys. And that's who they are. So I just want to show you who they are, and we all know. So, so that is that is that. Uh, it, it, it's it's burning okay. It's not a perfect burn or anything like that, but it, it's performing well. I can't beat it up. I can't beat the cigar up. No. It's not bad. No. It's it, not bad. I think... It's better it, than not bad. It's a good cigar. It's not It's not a $40 cigar. No. No, but... It's a $9 I ha- cigar. I wouldn't be happy spending $40 for it. Uh, it feels like it's it's underfilled to me in my hand as it heats up. It, it's a very light-feeling cigar yeah. for this size. But the good side of that is that we all have a fairly good draw. Doesn't it not feel like 52 ring gauge? This was their big ring gauge cigar. We just smoked a 60 first. It feels small to me. That's what she said. <laughs> you know, you notice the band is very loose now because oh, yeah. it's been sitting around a long time, so it shrunk. Yeah. So maybe it isn't it isn't a fifty two at this point now. It's burning good. Yeah, it's earthy. It's did you retrohale it? Yeah, nothing going on. No, <laughs> Jonathan. No, I didn't. Yeah, if you can't it. handle this retrohale, you're a lost cause. Now the twenty two eighty three in a similar size, a Toro size, is going to give you much fl- more flavor. More flavor. Yeah, but it's- as far as you get rid of the floral and you got your base notes, a little bit of the sweet. A very, very, very faint little bit of spice going on in there. And I think the 2283 in the uh, sublime size is going to be the closest you can get it's, to this. And that's $7. It's it's a rougher cigar, though. This is smoother than that. Is this a four and a half? Well, this has strength profile. This has seven years of age on it. Huh? Yeah. Pretty it's, good. 
I was going to say five, but I no, went down less, a half. It's less <laughs> than five. You're right. I am. <laughs> can you save your right? Can you save that one on there? Because I don't get much of that. It's a little boring. So far, but there's a climax coming at the end. <laughs> so what I'm guessing, if they're saying that, is they're putting the tips on the other way, all the way through, so this thing is going to build up. It's, it's early on. It's sure. early on, and I was prepared to shit all over it, and I can't. There's nothing no. wrong with this cigar yet. Uh, the, the only problem I have with it so far is the price. That's it. You know, put that aside. So far, so good. All right, with that, let's take a break. And when we come back, we got two more in the mailbag, and the second half of the Cuban cigar, or maybe the second three-quarters of the Cuban cigar, we're going to reach the climax, and we'll see where we go with this. We're live in the Toscano Cigar Soundstage, and you're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. The following message is brought to you by Drew Estate. Drew Estate, the rebirth of cigars in the new Drew Diplomat app. Join me, Barry Stein, from the Cigar Authority on Drew Diplomat. As you know, I am quite partial to Liga Pavada No. 9 from Drew Estate. So join me for a Liga and share your experience with Drew Estate. And while you're at it, don't forget to check into Two Guys Smoke Shop on the Drew Diplomat app. Drew Diplomat is now available for the iPhone and Android. To learn more about Drew Diplomat, visit DrewDiplomat.com. That's DrewDiplomat.com. You must be at least 21 years of age or older and a resident of the United States, including D.C. To be eligible for membership in this program, other terms and conditions apply. Surgeon General warning, cigars are not a safe alternative to cigarettes. Since 1903, when La Aurora Cigars first opened their doors as the first cigar factory of the Dominican Republic, they have defined Dominican cigar manufacturing. Now, La Aurora continues that innovation with La Aurora Dominican DNA, featuring an exceptional blend whose soul is the Anduyo. La Aurora pays tribute to the oldest Dominican tobacco process with a cigar that features tobacco that is part of their heritage and their DNA. The La Aurora DNA features this hard-to-work tobacco that brings the unique characteristics of strength, inspiring aroma, and sweetness that creates an exceptional smoking experience that only La Aurora can bring you. Experience La Aurora Dominican DNA with its Cibao Valley Dominican wrapper, an authentic Cameron binder from Africa with fillers from the Dominican Republic, Pennsylvania, Nicaragua, and Anduyo. Available at top retailers like twoguyscigars.com and is distributed in the United States by Miami Cigar and Company. Experience the rich tradition of the legendary H. Upman brand with the latest addition to their iconic 1844 line. The H. Upman 1844 Añejo uses a rich, well-balanced blend of Nicaraguan, Honduran, and Dominican tobaccos and an extra-aged wrapper that offers a deep aroma with a bold finish. The H. Upman 1844 Añejo is sure to please adult smokers looking for a delicious, handmade, premium smoke that is aged to perfection. Certain general warning, tobacco smoke increases the risk of lung cancer and heart disease, even in non-smokers. Jose Dominguez, Jose Dominguez, Jose, Jose, Jose Dominguez. What the hell are you doing? writing a commercial for Jose Dominguez. Well, what you should be doing is talking about how good they are. 
that Jose Dominguez makes millions of cigars for other people, but saves the best tobaccos and the best blend for his namesake, Jose Dominguez. Not singing a song, if that's what you think you're doing. What I am doing is creating what is known as a donut. Hey, nobody's going to take away your donuts. No, a donut in a commercial is when it starts with a jingle and then the information comes in and then ends with the song again. The information is the filling of the donut. Why does everything you talk about have to center around food and usually donuts? I don't know. Listen, Jose Dominguez cigars come in four great sizes and two wrappers. The mild, buttery, smooth, natural, and the slightly bolder Maduro. And every cigar is about $5. You know as well as I do, Dave, Jose Dominguez is no $5 cigar. It's worth so much more, it's a sensational value. Okay, here's the end of the donut. You ready? Jose Dominguez. Jose Dominguez. This is Nick Perdomo from Perdomo Cigars. You're listening to the Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. Yes, you are. And we are back and we're smoking the Cohiba Siglo 6, a Cuban cigar. Their pride and joy. Welcome back, everybody, to the Cigar Authority. Uh, I retrohaled it. I waited till we were off to end up doing it. No problem. Was no sting to it at all. Uh, maybe, maybe now I get a little more t- uh, flavor notes that I can say the white of an orange peel. You, you take the orange mm-hmm. out, the white, the pith, the, the pith. It's pithy. You're saying it's pithy. What's the when, when you make fresh orange juice and you get all those little pulp, pe- pulp. pieces? That's, that's pulp. pulp. Okay, pith, pith, pith. Orange peel. Also, a very yeah, that folks. The, David learned something new today on the retro hail, A very subtle licorice. Ah, I have a campfire. I have a little floral, slight saltiness is starting to happen. Uh, I'm not quite halfway there. You guys smoke fast. Mm. Um, this burns relatively fast, and that may be because it's not packed. As yeah. It's underfilled. Yeah, it's underfilled. Uh, the ash stayed on. I'm going to knock the ash off, not to knock, um, make, make it mess. fall off and make another mess. But I'm going to feel the ash of it. And there's a little grittiness yeah. to the ash. Uh, do that with, with your ashes sometimes. Feel it. A lot of them are very powdery. Uh, most um, New World cigars are uh, powdery, where um, Cuban is sandy mm-hmm. is the best way to call it. And um, I feel that also in the Bandolero. Bandolero. Not to say anything. I'm not saying anything. Also, the Bandolero ash was white, where... Um, we have a black ash when it comes to um, the, the real Cuban cigar. So that takes away from that it would possibly be. Unless there's a little bit in there. There could be a little bit. Yeah. So uh, that's what I'm most excited about. When Cuban, the embargo lifts, I want to see people putting Cuban tobacco in as a binder filler wrapper. Right. As one of the ingredient, one of the filler ingredients, that could take a very long time, and, right? Because and, when the embargo lifts, they're going to have even more demand, so they're not going to want to sell. sell. Yeah. yeah, and they really don't do and that. And I think there's such animosity toward Cuba by some manufacturers that they're going to be hesitant to mm. buy Cuban tobacco. Yeah, I can't see Nick Perdomo saying, "Yeah, send yeah. me a." Uh, <laughs> I was I wasn't going to name names, but that's yeah, what I had out. in mind. And and most of of the Cubans. Uh, you know, the families that came from Cuba or something, they, they have a 
major, and I understand completely. They have a major problem with with it. Uh, and you, what what do they do back? They make a great cigar brand to go up against them and blow them away, right? So. Uh, Make a better product, and then that's how you win. Well, a lot of the cigar greats left Cuba, and they passed their trade on to a new generation of, of blenders. Well, just look at the U.S. That The U.S. is in charge of our postal system. Uh, the government is in charge of it, and they do a terrible job mm. at it. Roads, too. Terrible. Yeah, terrible. You know, if, when you... Power vac- lines. Vaccinations. Terrible. terrible. Schools. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one thing after the other that, no, the government doesn't do a good job at anything. You you, you make it so that uh, people prosper from it and build companies around it and they work harder uh, than they do. And that, that's what we're seeing across the, across the world of cigars. I, I think um, the people that left Cuba um, had something in mind, which was, let me make a product better than what I left. And I think they did a, did a jo- great job at that. This being the, the pride of... All Cuban cigars, um, it's it's a good $10 cigar mm. for $40, would you say? That's fair. Mm. When and if the day comes that we have these, are we going to be able to, you know, take away the first six months of the craze that's going to be there, that everybody's going to jump it, go a year later? How many of these $40 cigars are we selling? It's there? like I say to Nick Perdomo, and, and he quotes me on his tour, uh, when I put a Perdomo cigar in someone's hand, I can guarantee that it's going to draw and it's going to burn well and it's going to taste exactly like the next Perdomo of that iteration. If it's you like taste it, like. you like it. If you don't, you don't. Correct. I can't promise you're going to like the way it tastes, but I can promise it's going to perform as good, if not better, than every other cigar in the market. And I can, I can guarantee that as a cigar salesman. I don't feel that level of confidence. I was afraid that one of us, uh, yeah, at the very least, was going to have shock. a tight draw. Mine, mine has a, a snugness to it. It is not a classically tight draw like I expected. There is a little bit of a snug pull. I just can't in good conscience recommend something that I know is going to have draw issues. You think they're, gonna, they're starting to underfill the cigar because of the draw problems? Instead of just rolling it properly, just underfill it and the draw problem goes away? Maybe. That and... Uh, tobacco problems. I mean, people saw it firsthand on their trip to to Cuba that the tobacco is ain't grown necessarily the right way. That yeah. you know the seeds and the flowers and well, they're certainly not going through the things like you mentioned, mm-hmm. Perdomo. Of I never they're saw not that flying anyway. drones over the field and using drip irrigation and all yeah. that. It's not they're not yeah. doing it. And yet. I think there's going to be serious pushback on Cuban cigars if they ever became legal in the U.S. because People are used to that low price fake, and when they see the actual cost of a cigar, they're going to lose their mind. I mean, I've been to Israel, bodyguard, and a client, and Bahiki was 102 U.S. Granted, it won't be 102 U.S. here because there's a high tobacco tax, but in certain states like New York, it'll be a $90 cigar. Are we just going to gloss over the fact that he just used the term bodyguard? Who in their right mind is hiring you to protect I'm them? I'm like a human shield. That's it. <laughs> There's firing. Who are they hiding behind? Yeah, he, took, he takes a bullet for you. You take a bullet for somebody for money? That's the new challenge of the week. We What's go. the amount? I want to know what the All amount right, is. So it's time for the Don Raphael offer of the day. And it's brought to you by Don Raphael Cigars. Everyone has a price. Would you do this? And if so, for how much? One million dollars. Ooh. 
take a bullet for something. There is no way he got paid a million dollars to be a bodyguard. No, he didn't. But now you are actually taking the bullet. You actually have to so, take the bullet. Do you know that it's going to kill you or not? Or it's totally random? You're just taking you, a bullet. No, like, For a million dollars, I'll take a shot in the thigh. But you don't know. So say, you know. You have to consider how fast you run. I'm not Superman. I'm not going to outrun a speeding bullet. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, outrun the guy that's that's trying to lead you with the the high powered <laughs> yeah, rifle that a, I'm that I'm giving him. By the way, I'm giving him a, a high powered rifle. There's a good chance that somebody's going to try to assassinate this leader of this country or something. That they're means gonna, headshot. They're going to bring you in. Are we talking current president or? It could be another country. It doesn't <laughs> okay. matter. And you're going to go in, and if it does happen that they end up shooting him, you're going to jump in front of you. You're going to take the bullet, and if you do. And if you live through it, you keep the million dollars. If you don't, it goes to your wife. But it's a million dollars if the bullet happens. If nobody shoots you, it doesn't happen. If they end up shooting you in the finger, you still get it. If they shoot you in the heart, somebody else is going to get it. But it's a million dollars, tax-free. No. So you're not, you're not, so you won't you're not even do it for pretend? No. You're not taking a bullet. Don't pretend. You're taking a bullet don't for someone pretend. for a million dollars because these guys don't get paid a million dollars. They really no. take, they're willing to take a bullet for the presidents, right? No, they don't. But I call you. it bullshit. I don't think you were ever a bodyguard in Israel. And a bodyguard doesn't mean you take, you're willing to take a bullet. That's keep somebody away from you. You know, somebody that's Britney Spears' bodyguard ain't taking a bullet. Only because of the conversations Barry and I have not had, like how he's a, a master manipulator of wrist locks. Or the, that he's put people what? to sleep before with the with a some sort of guillotine choke. I have that he. I'm sure you have. <laughs> I have. But that he knows how to put a triangle choke and subdue somebody. These conversations we've never had. Jordan Cripps says my superhero name is the Human Shield. I, I'd be willing to bet that you could be a Human Shield. <laughs> Are but you taking the, the million dollars? I'm not dollars. taking a bullet. No. Ed Sullivan, million no. dollars. No. No, me either. Okay. I, I not on purpose. Out. I had a lousy one anyway, but that was a better one. <laughs> I'm running out of those. Um, okay, mailbag number two. All right, the following message was submitted through the Contact Us page of thecigarauthority.com, and this email balances out the next email. Peter writes, with respect to Mr. J's email habits, when I heard an email being read on last week's show about how Mr. J is offering shit responses mm -hmm. to some guy asking questions, it got me thinking. Why does this guy think Mr. Jonathan enjoys spending time going through his inbox to answer, why doesn't my humidor work 50 times a day? He would actually be right. Over the past 12 months, I've tortured Jonathan with so many questions about my humidor that I've lost count. Sometimes my questions were long as term papers, and sometimes the answers I got back were just as long, but I've ended up learning as much about cigars from our email exchanges than I could have on a trip to Nicaragua. That's not entirely true. When are uh, we going in there? Oh, well, I'll let him finish. He gets we can. all testy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't make me lose my place. Uh, we got my cigar cooler up and running almost at a perfect 65-65, which is no easy task in my climate. And I don't think I had to wait more than 24 hours for a response. We all know busting balls is part of the cigar lounge atmosphere. And who knows if some guy was actually crying because Mr. J's emails weren't helpful for him. But either way, Mr. Jonathan... And Dave, Barry, and Ed, for that matter, do this show because they want to share their knowledge and help others enjoy cigars as much as they do, although they were just nowhere near as long and involved. As this email. <laughs> <laughs> I've emailed Barry and Dave with newbie questions before, too, and they were just as accommodating. So instead of asking someone for help and then evaluating their response by calling it shit, 
Light a cigar the right way, which you probably learned from watching The Cigar Authority. Sit back and relax. That's Peter. Peter Disson, the uh, emailers, right? That's right. Right. So when are we going to Nicaragua? Did you decide that? 2022. So next year. Yeah, not this year because... Because COVID. Yeah. Yeah. So next year we'll have a Cigar Authority trip to Nicaragua. I've been okayed with it with Nick Perdomo. Hmm. We'll put it together. And then anybody wants to do it, they sign up, and we go there, too. And if we can pull off a show while we're there and carry some equipment, we do it. If not, yeah. we tape some stuff. And we'll use figure it, it out. And uh, we're going to do it. And, All right. And you guys are going to get blown away. I know you know everything about cigars. You don't know everything about cigars. You actually feel like you didn't know anything about cigars right, right from the start of the trip. What an education it is. It's a good time. You're going to mm. love it. So uh, we'll definitely do that. Okay, mailbag number three. All right. This one, I think, might be the best email of all time. All time. Whew. Tracker writes, with respect to Mr. J's wife, through the contact us page oh boy. of thecigarauthority.com. I'm sorry, Mr. J's next wife. His, his name is Tracker. That's his name. Okay. <laughs> it's an unusual name. First time he ordered online, I was like, this has to be a fake account oh, he orders under yeah, that name yeah too? it's all right it has to be a stolen card can't be a real person that's his name real person wow can i read the email now yeah sure with mr j's marriage coming to a close i <laughs> thought it would be beneficial for everyone on the panel and in the audience to know what mr j's next wife will be like that way just in case anyone runs into someone who fits the bill they will be able to pass out mr j's contact information there will be three outlines listed below you will more than likely find the following people at local farmer's markets or a Democratic primary. Number one, Ashley. She's 27, has been in one bad or abusive relationship after another. She'll be able to put up with Mr. Jonathan's issues because she is looking for someone to love her. 27. Laura, 39, single mother of two. She's following her heart on her next husband. She's looking for someone to cook, dance, and share a glass of wine with while her kids are at their dad's house. Three. This might be my favorite. Enrique, 24, from Venezuela. <laughs> uh, fled his home country. Oh, that's great. He fled his home country because homosexuality is illegal. <laughs> He's looking for a dance partner. He enjoys a man with a beard and has always wanted to be with a ginger. Same-sex marriage is legal in New Hampshire. Therefore, I believe number three is most likely. That is, unless Mr. J is not honest with himself. Keep an eye out, gentlemen. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. We don't even we have, we don't we don't need, need, need to vote. Yeah, we have a winner. <laughs> My apologies to all the other submissions, but that one is the winner. <laughs> Clearly. Clearly. And it's good you take take it well. That you I laughed so hard. Yeah. <laughs> I laughed so hard. If someone wants to make fun of me, they gotta bring their A game, and Tracker certainly did. Enrique, so Tracker, I'll be appreciative that you take it well. Tracker just uh <laughs> reply to my reply, uh, which I predicted the win. Uh, just reply to my reply with your address, and uh, we'll send you out the prize pack. That's good. Uh, this cigar I'm smoking here, uh, this is the Siglo 6 Cohiba. Um, it's starting to burn a little funky on me. I'm going to touch it up because uh, I have to. That makes Jerry go crazy. I know, though. but I, it, it's, too, it's too much. I, I don't want it to see, make, when, stop making it look loud. It's single action. When it's like right? that, I'm okay with down. it. Right. When it's off by a freaking whisker like Trevor does all the time, I, I want to smack him. Don't pick on Trevor. <laughs> all right. I hated to do it because I don't want you to think it's it's going bad. Now, they, when they said the second half is going to be a cannon, they were correct. This tastes like a cannon. 
Yeah, if you looked at it. It's a little I metallic. It, I believe I remember your head in a cannon in Cuba. Yes, I have that picture. <laughs> you have that picture? Uh, put, put that on the MeWe uh, today. I will. The Jonathan's um, head in a cannon. I took the picture. <laughs> Uh, I'm like, what the hell is going on? He puts his head in the counter. He's looking. For I hand him my phone. I go, I need you to take a picture of this and document it. And he thinks I'm going to pose in front of the camera, the cannon. And I just stuff my head inside and I go, come on, take the picture. And I was laughing out loud as I was doing it. That thing stuck for a while. Uh, the after show, the after show today, uh, which will appear on Wednesdays, um, is um, what's the best band in the land? We're talking cigar bands. What? Are the best cigar bands? Oh, that I exist. did rock bands. Ah, oh, you messed Rats. up. Rats. Uh, did cigar. you send an email about it? I did. Yeah. I said, get that together. You did rock bands. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> best cigar bands. We're sticking to cigars in the cigar show. I know we go off, off track once in a while, but best cigar bands, uh, appearance, everything. Uh, we'll get to it, and hopefully we can uh, come up with a consensus of uh, what the best ones are, if, hmm. if we can agree or not. And that after show is every Wednesday. It's audio only, and you have to subscribe. Unless, and, then, and there was a podcast that got this incorrect this week. Uh, unless you are on the MeWe's, in which case you get the exclusive access to the video portion, which is everything. It's a treat. <laughs> It it's is nothing. It's <laughs> nothing. It's nothing at all. Everybody on MeWe's like, why did I sign up for this? Right. <laughs> uh, but you have a look at pencil before you go to write with pencil it. Pencil lead. That's what I'm getting. That'll pencil be, lead. That would be graphite. It's a real thing. It yeah. is. And you, and you nailed it. I got that. Is it building in strength? It's no. Building, the flavors yes. are starting to change a little bit. Yes. It's like building the pencil lead. Yeah, it yeah. Yeah. It's now a five. Okay. Four and a half to five. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a little bit of uh, a kick to it at this point. Not a lot, just and, a little. And we've all caught up. Um, we're all in the same type of thing. Where are you on the cigar? Uh, <laughs> he shows oh. he shows you the end of it. Like you can now tell how long right. it is by looking at the not, end. Not as far as you. Okay. He's smoking it slow. Yeah. This is this it. is indicative of every cigar that I had in Cuba. They started off decent. And then by the time you get to the middle, you start hitting that little sour. metallic, sour, clay, mineral, less than ideal. It, 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 it's now dropping in value as far as I'm concerned from, you, we were saying, an $8, 10 cigar. We're getting down into the 5 6 range here. Whoa. I'd even go lower. It's getting worse, not better. But it is getting stronger. You remember the old bundle cigars, M1, CC? Yeah. It's, that's what I'm thinking of. CC with this. was supposed to be like that. Yeah. Hmm. Emulate Cuban cigar. CC Cuban hmm. cigar. That's hmm. what I'm 100% getting on this. But it's an expensive cigar. And you see, like, Michael Jordan, this is what he smokes. Arnold Schwarzenegger, this is what yeah. he smokes. Siglo 6 is the, is the pride and joy. I don't know. I'd take a Partagas Serie D over these any day. Do you think there's a difference between the two cigars? There is. Well, because of ring gauge, you're certainly oh, going to get ring flavor. Gauge, but listen, it's they're all three primings of Cuban tobacco grown in the same area. You get to, from the uh, same they, seed. They have about five different shades, from what I saw in the sorting. Yeah, room. the outside wrapper. Five sh different shades, and you're you're going to get like we learned from Bandolero. You you've got a very similar blend on A and T, but you go higher primings, which is going to give you a darker wrapper on A. 
that's what's going to happen. You go to Bihike, it's a different <clears throat> cigar. Yes. But you go to just about everything else, and I, I've done it, where I got multiple Cuban cigars going at the same time. And what we saw of them deciding what to put the band on after the fact. I watched someone take a band off of a Romeo and Julieta and put a H. Upman band on that exact same cigar. I watched it with my own eyes. Yeah. So that's that. Let's get to um, classic, this day in classic history, brought to you by Classic Cigars. It's time for this day in classic history, brought to you by Classic Cigars. Classic Cigars are now the most affordable cigar brand in America. With prices as low as $1.50, this cigar has something for everyone. The Classic Connecticut is light and smooth. The Classic Maduro is bold, but never overpowering. The Classic Cameroon sits somewhere in between with hints of sweetness. And the Classic Cuban is a real knockoff of the taste and flavors from old-time Havanas. Classic cigars are sold in cost-saving bundles of 20 and sold in five great sizes, ranging from $1.50 to $2.25 per cigar, which makes Classic the most affordable, premium, handmade cigar in America. Classic cigars. All right, I got six and one tiebreaker. Yes? Well, I thought you'd have one question and 17 tiebreakers. No, no, I didn't. No, it's six and one today. Six is a lot. Yeah. I just look at the time clock and see how much time I have. <laughs> <laughs> um, our champion is Mr. Jonathan. How you feeling today? I'm feeling like well, a winner. Champion. That, that's only because Jim Price took my slot as champion. Uh-huh. And blew yeah, it. whatever your excuse is, Ed Sullivan, you're a loser. Well, and you I will be a loser after this week. My, my point is I didn't lose. I, I have covered this set up for you. You're going to get the first one. It's set up for you. And if you go to a tiebreaker, you're going to get that one. Oh, all right. So, the first so one. just calm down. And just relax. <laughs> all right. All right. So, what musician's birthday is it? All right. February 20th, Jimi Hendrix. Rock and roll guitarist plays his first gig in Temple Basement in Seattle. He was fired from the band after his first set due to wild playing. His no. first time performing for people, Jimi Hendrix, what year was that? 1948 for two points. 1948, he says. 43. 43. I, I'm just blown away by their answers. Me too. So it's a, it's a layup. Uh, yeah, I mean, you might as well go 1957 and you'll be fine. It's yeah. probably 62 or 3. It's 59, so I'm glad oh, you did what you did. So, uh, 1959, and Ed Sullivan will take that What year that was Woodstock? 65? No, no. Uh, 69? Yeah, 68 or 9. Uh, Altamont was in 69, and that was after Woodstock. So yeah. Maybe 68, yeah. Um, okay, over to you, Barry. John Glenn becomes the first American to orbit the Earth aboard the Friendship 7. John Glenn, late great. 66. 66. 64. 64. I have 64 written down. Everybody's over. It was 62. Damn it. Everybody's over. I didn't think it would be possible that it would be the same year the embargo was signed. But Okay. And it's 1 to 0 to 0. Over to Ed Sullivan. Fourth People's Choice Awards. The fourth People's Choice Awards. John Wayne and Barbara Streisand win for Best Motion Picture. And James Gardner and Mary Tyler Moore win for Best TV. Good year. Huh. Oh, if it's Mary Tyler Moore, it must be like 1973. 73, he says. 
1970. 70. 57. 57. 73 will take it. It's 78. Ed Sullivan gets two. I'm not out of this yet, Ed Sullivan. No, there's millions of questions. Millions. Okay, Barry Stein. Bob Backlund. Wrestler. Wrestler. Beat superstar Billy Graham in New York to become the WWF world champion. 72. 72. 1976. 76. 1980. 80. 76. Ed Sullivan will take it at 78. Three to zero to zero. As I expected, this thing was going to go. Over. You thought he was going to get the wrestling one? <laughs> no. I just thought he was going to win. Uh, over to Ed Sullivan. Mike Tyson sexually harasses a woman in Albany, New York. You remember this happened. Allegedly. He went to jail for it. It could Still be alleged. any time. With went to Mike jail Tyson. for it. He went to jail? Not when he went to jail, when he sexually harassed her. I don't know, 1986. 86. 1988. 88. 95. 95. Somebody has two points. Ed Sullivan. Get out of here. 86, two points. Five to zero to zero. One Sullivan, question. I may not be able to make it on this one. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't need the I may not be able to breaker. make it. <laughs> and it's over to Ed Sullivan? Oh, to Jonathan. Over to Jonathan. Ross Perot says he's going to run for president of the United States on the Larry King Show today. What year? Uh, that was 1987. 87. 83. 83. 1979. Everybody's over. 92. How are we over? I said 87. Oh, 87. <laughs> and you said 93? <laughs> no, I was way low. Jonathan got that. What year did you say? 79. Oh, all right. Jonathan got the point. Okay, good. So Jonathan didn't get shut out. And then the slam dunk to you was Jay Giles. Angel um, in the centerfold. American uh, rock guitarist in the Jay Giles band. Angel is a centerfold. Born in New York City, New York today. He died in <sighs> 2017. But yeah. he was born today. I say 44. No, it would have been a little after 40, maybe 46. 46 for two points. Really? Two points. I'm like one of them idiot savants. Well, I know know what you excel in. I know what you excel in, and it is music and bands, and we're going to talk about bands, but cigar bands. See, I don't excel at that, but I'll try. Yeah, but what, what would you think the best rock and roll band is of all time? That's a tough one. You gotta split it into genres. Rock and roll. Are we talking hard rock? We're talking classic rock? Are we talking metal? All falls under rock and roll. Yeah, see, I'm an old guy, so I'm 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 still cream. I'm still a big fan. Cream. Of the Rolling Stones, I think. Exile on Main Street is last the longest, right? I'd go Zepp. Zeppelin. They stole everything. Yeah, you hate them. Yeah, I hate them. It's all it's all copied stuff. Song. They very, performed well, but very derivative. Yeah. I'm still going cream. Cream. Eric Clapton. Yeah, he said cream. <laughs> <laughs> the answer is the Beatles. Get the overrated. hell out of here. Overrated. They overrated. did everything. First they boy did, band. They did everything. 
talk about genres. They were in every single Everything. part of it. But you said I know rock you and roll, them. not every genre. No, I don't hate the Beatles at all. Oh, really? No. Is that Tony V? Um, Tony V just gets mad because... Only the Beatles who suck are still alive. The good <laughs> ones are, are all dead. I agree with that statement one hundred percent. Wrote the stuff, man. He's great. I seen him a few times. I never yeah. got to see the Beatles by themselves. Dave, vegetarian. Do he's I a need vegetarian. To I don't. No, and I don't like that at all. No, of it course pisses me off that he's a vegetarian. <laughs> you know, carpool karaoke. Uh, yes. What's his name on the late night shows? He did one with Paul McCartney in yeah. England. Went to his great episode. Look yes. it up on the YouTube. Yeah, yeah, I seen it. So Dave doesn't care for the vegetarian lifestyle. <laughs> he is a carnivore through and through. Right. So I bought a oh my a God. rib roast. Sexual. $175 rib roast. I'm gonna I was going to ask that Crime rib. Did that you, what that cost? And you showed yeah. it to him? Uh, no, I didn't. I, I, we get, we get, John we get Carney needed to borrow my home. little card to go to uh, Restaurant Depot. And I said, while you're there, here's a couple hundred bucks. Get me a couple hundred dollars worth of rib roast. Mm-hmm. So he gets me $175 one and sends it in. And I wasn't here yesterday. So Trevor goes to put it in the fridge and he walks by Dave's Whoa. office and Dave goes, He stops to talk stop, to me. He's got to stop right there. Are you going to conversation? I'm like, Are you going to pretend like there doing? isn't a hunk of meat under your arm right now? Put that on my desk right now. I want to <laughs> feel it. I want to see it. Does it surprise anybody that Trevor handled Mr. Jonathan's meat? Not one bit. Not one bit. This was a beautiful piece of meat. It was. It is. It's, it's been defatted and butchered to for three different meals. I want one of those. How do I get one? Come on a road trip. Go to Restaurant Depot. Whoa. We'll have ourselves a little party. Where, Where is, can we go? Where is that? We'll go after the show. It's in uh, Exit 42, Andover. Really? It's right down the road. Dave, just tell your car, take me there. And, and what, you, you buy all the stuff the restaurants buy? That's restaurant oh, yeah. quality? Because that was beautiful. That is a restaurant That, that was superior, pure, superior. Somebody was saying, oh, that's some cheap shit. I'm like, no, no it isn't. shit. No, it isn't. Hmm. That was one good-looking piece of meat. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Enrique, if you're listening. There we go. <laughs> just know I know how to buy meat, buddy. He does. He'll right. handle it. He'll handle it. He'll handle it. <laughs> Um, okay, that's it for us. Uh, looking forward to uh, the after show, talking about the bands. But uh, next week, the prediction show. Wait till you hear the predictions I got lined up. I hope you guys got something you're going to add to the show. I got enough to car- carry it anyway. But I'm just going to sit back and watch you dig a hole. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I got some predictions. What's going on in the cigar world? We'll get to that. Uh, what, what it's going to be like uh, later this year? What's what's going to look like years from now? Uh, who will buy who, who? Who will be merging with others? Who may be going out of business? Uh, until then, you've been listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. And uh, it's quite possible that you learned something today, which makes you The Cigar Authority. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.